fun when you like say the prayer, come back on, and there's another person or another couple people. Hi, Judy. <laughs> um. So yeah, chapter nine. This is this is a big one. Yeah, I mean it was refreshing because it's kind of like shorter than some a couple of these other chapters that we just finished, but um chapter nine with the final scene is uh there's lots of good deep stuff in here but what really stood out to you guys as as we were reading um my thing is almost right at the beginning um uh we had a, a great discussion me and my mom and my dad with with this um but that second paragraph um the last sentence on it where he's talking about um equality of the genders in the the privileges right and uh there is only one place in the temple where there is a greater privilege and that it is the sisters who have the favored protected position and so i think each one of us had a different idea of what he was alluding to what what do y'all say <laughs> i thought it was the initiatory uh-huh yeah that's what we kind of we were women are pronounced clean men are pronounced that they may become clean mm -hmm. yeah i didn't know that the only difference really other than like at the prayer circle but like yeah the initiatory is is what it kind of came down to for me but also when he begins that paragraph we need only sit through one temple session to learn every answer regarding a woman's place in these glorious things and stuff and so i don't know we were kind of going back and forth back and forth and stuff but yeah for me it, it really comes down to initiatory there <clears throat> so too. that's what i wrote in the margin <laughs> they put a question by it <laughs> that is actually stated in the temple session it happens in the initiatory but it is stated in the temple session so you only have to sit through the endowment session to hear that difference yeah but you just have to catch it yeah, you have to catch it. <laughs> I'm trying to catch it, and it's always after it just passes going, did I just catch it? I was supposed to be thinking about it ahead of time, and I always miss it. And I always hear it, and I think it's because it applies to me and not to him. Mm -hmm. yeah. Nancy, when is it exactly? When, when, what part of the session is it said? It's in the beginning. It's in the, Before it's it actually the begins. Beginning. Before it actually begins, when it, it talks about what's brought you there kings and queens and all that kind of stuff yep. and lines that out it tells you like what the men have just what like what everybody's just been through and then the mm -hmm. men have also been ordained to to be elders kind of thing yeah yeah it's you know sisters you have been this da 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 da, -da. brethren you have been this da 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 and you have to be able to listen to the two and catch that there's a difference different okay good thank you we're mm -hmm. listen closer yeah and so if anybody was following me on don't keep forgetting about it until it's too late <laughs> yep there's a um, couple places i do that i'm like i'm trying to get one thing i'm like wait 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 what was that again makes me want to hit the pause button and rewind. i know, I know. Exactly. back 20 seconds in youtube right we're, we're right so uh -huh. double tap go back i do that all the time <laughs> all the time yeah that's like one of the hardest things too and i wish i could just have like a, a notepad and a pencil just to write down things and be like okay 
Oh, yeah. yeah, because like two hours is like a long time to keep something in my short term memory. <laughs> like, by the time I get to the dressing room, I'm like, oh no, what were those 20 things that I learned? Dang it. <laughs> That's why you have to keep going back. It's to keep yeah. you coming back uh -huh. to get it again. Yeah. yeah. I have my my temple journal that I keep in my, my suitcase or whatever. But I mean, still, I, I still lose a lot of things. But as soon as I get back to the, the dressing room, I, I try to make sure that I'm not holding up the line of people getting dressed or whatever but like I'm sitting in there writing down the things that I learned trying to pack it in there and write it coded so that it's you know can't be read <laughs> but anyway it, the temple's we, an interesting one we sit in the celestial room and 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 debrief yeah, yeah for sure <laughs> I always get distracted at the veil especially if I'm like right next to the sisters because like, I'm like, I don't know, I'm, <laughs> it's just different. I don't know why, but like, I, I, I know my part, right. But the, the temple workers are always having to tell me the part. And I'm like, I know, I know, I'm just listening. <laughs> <laughs> it happens if you just have somebody like talking, it's really, really hard. If you have somebody who's right next to you and they're just off a little bit from yeah. you, like one or two lines and you're just like, Oh, I'm just going to wait a while so that they can go ahead and then I, I'll do my part. I just go up and I just close my eyes and I just, this is what I'm saying. <laughs> anyway. um, one of the things that I noticed in the first paragraph of this chapter is, you know, he talks about, I'm not sure what cultural or traditional realities created this, you know, that the women have been pulled out. And there have right. been a lot of things that we've been studying lately and that we have uh, come across. Yeah. Things, things that are presented to us, right? right. Um, you know, and, and I have this under this cultural and traditional realities I underlined and I wrote next to it Deuteronomist, you know, because at the time that Lehi was leaving Jerusalem, they had just gone in and removed everything about mother from the temple and and changed everything and i think that was one of the i think that was one of the differences that lehi had with the people in jerusalem mm -hmm. i think that might have been what he was preaching against and that's why they wanted to kill him yeah and he had to leave um and so uh, unfortunately because it happened that far back you know and things were changed and i i think things were changed in deuteronomy to to reflect that and and because of that everything coming forward doesn't have any of that. And it totally has changed. It has changed the theology of all Judeo-Christian thought. And, um, you know, Joseph Smith used, you know, he said, there's so much that I would teach them, but after all of the things they've suffered, if I were to teach them some of the things I know, they would fly apart like glass. And I, I just can't help but think that this is one of those things. Mm -hmm. that yeah. because it totally um goes with, would have to restore all of that and if you think about it you know and, and later on when you get a chance to study all the stuff that was talked about and taken out you know that that is a great strategy of the adversary if you can remove half of the equation then mm -hmm. they'll never get the right answer yeah right. exactly and isn't it interesting when we go back and look, you know, especially even in our own 
scriptures right now like in the is it bible dictionary bible maps i don't know anyway the chronology of um the the kings right josiah is listed as one who followed god but he also got rid of half of the equation too you know like there's there's a, a misnomer there that i think we need to keep our eyes open to and stuff that um yeah josiah was a great one but at the same time there there was a lot he of misinterpreted the uh, definition of idol worship yeah <laughs> yeah it, there, there's a lot there um but yeah uh going through like mandy green's uh feminine class kind of thing and and talking about holy mother wisdom margaret barker all of those different things kind of put together uh, it's very enlightening to see how much of it is preserved, especially in Book of Mormon and, you know, through Isaiah, you know, a lot. Um, but uh, I, you know, all things are going to be restored. And can't we see parts of it really coming through in the restoration now? And, and President Nelson going, hey, women, really mm -hmm. focus on this. Like it's, it's ready to be restored. Let's, let's start distilling it from heaven and, and connecting with heaven to get that. Anyway, no, when, he, when he started saying that, go ahead, Nancy. We have to get rid of those false beliefs, right? Mm -hmm. We haven't. We haven't gotten rid of those. We haven't changed our thought process to even open up to things like that. I just put a link in the chat to a YouTube video um, for you guys to watch later. It's um, from a Zion, a Sisters of Zion oh, yeah. um, thing, and it's on uh, the book. Of get, it's psychological sorry, depth. Sorry. <laughs> I need to learn how to mute myself before I click on things. <laughs> so anyway, it's it's from Sisters of Zion and it's Robin. You, you remember when if you watch the Oath and Covenant one that um <laughs> yeah, yeah, had so much to say <laughs> that we put she had a lot to say and they cut it out of the video. Yeah. Well, she has a lot to say. I, I think there's still stuff that was missed that she didn't put in, you know, because we didn't get the whiteboard, we still didn't get the explanation of that whiteboard, but here is at least a, a first part or something of what she had to say. It's mm -hmm. very interesting. Um, I'm gonna go click on it. <laughs> no. Not right now. Well, I, click on it and watch later, you know, mute. That's what I meant. <laughs> yeah, so that, so that you can do that. And, yeah. and this is the book she talks about the Gospel of Philip. Mm -hmm. Okay, so it, it's interesting it the first time we watched it we didn't realize what we had if that makes any sense mm -hmm. yeah and um i was talking to to josh the other day and he sent me the digital version of the the holy grail book which i didn't know it was even in a digital format anyway so if anybody wants that i can uh, send that over to him josh his okay. new literary friend, right? Yeah. Okay. So the guy that researched Triumph of the Zion for, for oh, John, okay. that guy, um, oh, yes. he just keeps yeah. sending me PDF books all the time and stuff. It's amazing. Cool. <laughs> so he asked me, he's like, what are you interested in right now? And I'm like, well, I'm kind of into like, <laughs> Holy Bloodline and cosmology. So send me anything you got. And he's like, <laughs> sending me all these fun things. Anyway, he's he's an awesome library. <laughs> I, I heard a podcast from LDS Perfect Day that mm -hmm. was a chat with Josh Mariano on the 144,000. No, uh, 
are you uh-huh. kidding me? Because I was yeah. like, you need to come to our author chat about triumph design. And he's like, oh, I don't know. I'm not really a public kind of guy. I'm going to find that one and like send that I, to him I, and be like, what about I don't this know I, I don't, it, it was, is your home. It was a call. Is your family. It was a group call back in 2018 or 17 or something. And I may have recorded it. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I do that a lot too. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, but he did a really great thing on the 144,000 and he was the first one that really opened my eyes to what Uh the 144,000 was and, and all of that. That was really cool. Yeah, that is really cool. That's where I first heard about him. So yes, I want to add me to your list of people to send that PDF book to. Yeah, for sure. I'll I'll send that out. Let me write it down so I don't forget. I've been forgetful a lot lately, hence the need for a journal. (laughs) Um, speaking of the 144,000 on page 207, I like the fact that he talks about the missionary force of the 144,000. He suggests they will be translated men and women. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes, they're at the bottom. Uh-huh. That last, that last paragraph, mm-hmm. um, you know, the gifts of translation is being offered equally to all worthy women or all worthy people, men and women alike, you know, that. God really is no respecter of persons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And and on the next page, it said you know, the missionaries are members of the holy order, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's instructed that they will administer the everlasting gospel, not preach it. Yeah, I think and that isn't that so interesting, putting that in our current endowment and like, Oh my gosh, it really does say that in there. <laughs> why, why don't we we realize it sometimes? Yeah. To administer, and it, you know, in, in Doctrine and Covenants 77, right? The quote that is shared in here, um, to administer the everlasting gospel. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so are we thinking that this it's it's truly a hundred and forty-four thousand? In number ish, I think that's symbolic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I consider it very symbolic, but you know, like an ish, like kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I love ish. I think <laughs> it's symbolic because you get 144,000 by multiplying 12 times 12 times 10 times 10 times 10. And if you know about the symbology, this the symbolism of the number 12 and the symbolism of the number 10. Um, and about the, you know, 10 to the third power is, you know, the ultimate power, right? So that would be the power of God. And you have um, times 12 squared, 12 is priesthood, it's the higher level. Um, It's not the celestial level, it's the terrestrial level. So that would be the translated beings, right? 12 times 12 um, times the power of God. So that would be 144,000. Mm-hmm. Very good. Bam. Sure. <laughs> My job. I, I, I got that because I listened to the thing with Josh Mariano a few years ago. <laughs> well, she's going to yeah. get you on that one, Cameron. <laughs> I love it. I mean, we're starting to be good friends or whatever, but he's like, oh, I don't really want to do a, a book club. And I'm like, all right, fine. <laughs> Ask again. <laughs> I know I'm gonna keep asking. Yeah, keep after him. 
Say, hey, I hear you did a phone a phone <laughs> chat from 144,000 a few years ago. I'm wondering if he came out of that one going, oh, I'm never doing that again. <laughs> Probably. There were an incredible amount of people on that call. Yeah. Massive numbers of people on that call. So mm. maybe if he knows, you know, hey, we're talking about a couple dozen. Maybe. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I went through this. I went through this chapter and underlined a whole bunch of stuff. So you know, if, if I'm talking too much, you guys let me know. But so far, um, I've underlined the same thing. So you're good. <laughs> <laughs> On page two hundred nine, I, I in the middle, um, he refers to those who will do the gathering as his angels. His angels refer to the hundred forty-four thousand. So it, that makes you really stop and think about what do we have as the definition of an angel? Yeah. Right. You know, Angel Moroni, he's a resurrected being, you know, all the other angels we think about, you know, Gabriel and everything, you know, that's, that's resurrected being. What does it mean to be an angel and might terrestrial um, translated people be considered angels? Mm-hmm. And they have the power of movement yeah. that is symbolized by wings. They have the power of God, right? And they come and they administer and they teach. Just some thoughts about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And taking that and kind of overlapping it with, um, you know, like Holland's talk on the ministering of angels and, you know, just all of that, like, it really plays out like they are teaching us this stuff it's just if you want to pay attention if you want to learn it and and you got it kind of thing well but, right along those lines i remember um i'm sure you guys heard um you know jody stoddard says that you know like we're not visiting teaching home teaching anymore we know we're ministering sisters and ministering brothers which goes right along with what we're saying to get mm -hmm. used to that ministering factor yeah exactly. yeah ministering angels right mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. we're practicing for that you know i've been praying a lot for ministering angels and i went to the temple praying specifically for that and and what i got was some random people from different groups that reached out to me oh. and i think that was it mm -hmm. i told it was it was april she said she'd been talking to you cameron April, April Harker. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I don't know. I didn't know her at all. And I was just, anyway, she has just talked my ear off about things. Yeah. <laughs> like she's up till four in the morning. And I'm like, April, I got to go to bed. <laughs> yeah. So, like, <laughs> only she's just typing words. And uh -huh. I told her that I said, thank you for being my minister angel. Mm hmm. Yeah, she's an awesome one. Like, she just barely contacted me maybe two weeks ago or whatever. But yeah, just lots but of fun stuff. I think we have to have that paradigm shift in what we think of as ministering angels. Yeah. Because we have this collective idea that an angel is like Moroni, who's going to light up our bedroom and float above the air. And, you know, mm -hmm. that that's what you're going to have. Oh, well, you know, I'm not going to have that. Mm -hmm how many of us have been ministered to by a ministering angel and not known it right yeah exactly. you know that kind person who 
just when you need it, pays for your groceries and then is gone or buys your food in the drive-through before you ever get there. Or, you know, I don't know, just. Mm -hmm. Right, you're right though. Yeah, for sure. Kind of mm -hmm. um, but at the bottom of that page, I really, if this, we get a, a um, not a checklist. I hate the, the idea of checklist, but we get a list of the things that these translated missionaries will go forth with power to do. Mm -hmm. To snatch the elect from the jaws of destruction, defy armies, move to be one of those people, <laughs> deliver by the power of God, travel by the power of God, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. Say unto those whom they are sent that God dwells and reigns in Zion. So, and, and sitting in Sunday school today, we were talking about Moses chapter one, and we read verse five. And just while you're looking that up, doesn't that, I mean, triumph of Zion and Moses and Abraham and all of that just like mesh so well. well yeah. <laughs> just like, holy cow, like, pfft, not, I mean, time is awesome. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Moses chapter one, verse five. Wherefore, no man can behold all my works, except he behold all my glory. And no man can behold all my glory and afterwards remain in the flesh on the earth. What does that say to you? Transfigured or translated. Right. Because they can't remain in the flesh, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. I think when you're transfigured, you don't get to see all of his glory. But if you're getting translated, he can show you his glory and then you can remain on the earth, but it's not in the mortal flesh. Mm. And that's why. So when we see here in this um, quote from Isaiah 52, or, or just before that quote, they shall sing songs of joy because they see the Lord eye to eye, which means without the veil. When the Lord again brings forth Zion. So without the veil, seeing the Lord eye to eye, that would tie back to Moses 1 5, where no man can behold all my glory and afterward remain in the flesh on the earth. Awesome. Writing that down. Kind of like when you get a new car, you, you or somebody else you, you know gets a new car and up until the time they bought that car, you never even seen any of those kind of cars on the road. And now that you've got it, now they're everywhere. So we're reading this book and now we're seeing stuff on translation. We're thinking about that. Now we see it everywhere. And all I know, it's been in all of everywhere. Stuff. Yeah, like it on the box Captain Crunch. <laughs> I love it. Um, but like two things kind of piggybacking off of that, if I can even remember them, um, Ruth and Naomi, and then also, um, Moses. So like the Moses story, when I was diving into it, this, uh, it was two weeks ago. I, I honestly didn't know that I didn't know the story of Moses that well. Like I, I have it all down, but when I was really diving into Exodus and reading the story, how it's presented, throughout all the chapters it is not the 10 commandments movie at all it's very deceiving you know kind of thing like he ascended the mount eight separate times 
And those eight separate times are very distinct and um, they are the days of creation, really. And um, those eight times also mirror Abraham's eight ascensions that he is going through as we read about in the Abraham book together. And it's like, oh my goodness. Like you can see the, the levels of the ladder. So Jacob Israel level, the Zion Jerusalem level, the uh, sun servant, seraphim, like just all of these things. But exactly what you were saying, Nancy, with the, um, you can't remain in the flesh. There's like with Abraham, he saw part of the vision while he was here on earth. But then later on, when he actually sees the entire panoramic vision, he has to be taken up to be able to see it. And there are certain parts when he then can no longer remain in the flesh, just like it says with Moses and stuff like it just makes so much sense of why he comes back down with a veil over his face. And, and, and he's glowing. Yeah. yeah, he's, he's glowing. Uh -huh. Light is shining. <laughs> and the thing is, he he doesn't have the veil on when he's presenting himself to the people. He's talking to them full on glory. And then he veils himself after. And I, that confused me two weeks ago, but it's all starting to make sense now. It's like, oh, duh. okay, I got it. But um, uh, just last night, we were reading this chapter, me and my mom, and um, the whole Ruth and Naomi story. And it was like, oh, translation is everywhere. Like, mm -hmm. this is it. Like, Naomi, I'm, I, you know, <laughs> don't quote me on this, but like, Naomi is presenting as a seraphim in that story as a translated being whether she is yet or not in that specific scenario she's playing the role of it and it's like I see it now like the whole story makes sense and I, I don't know just everything come follow me this week everything is popping like it never has before and and it all comes from putting in effort to study learn a new language, learn a new paradigm shift, and then it just opens and it floods. Like the Lord is so ready to start teaching and and expounding. He's ready to show us his kingdom, what's going to be ours and everything when we're ready to come to it. And uh, I don't know, it was just, it's been a, <laughs> a fun journey to say the least, but like the past couple of weeks have just been like the coconut finally dropped on the head and <laughs> I'm finally starting to get a, a few more things that that weren't um weren't there before kind of thing or I mean they were there but I just didn't <clears throat> click them in the Lord is willing to give us information and teach us as fast as we yeah. can absorb yep. Yep, yep. I just need longer legs <laughs> I need a bigger stride <laughs> I I think I think that as it, it will accelerate right because as you study and as you learn and as you start to get this puzzle piece and this one and this one and this one and then you start to see how these connect and these connect and um it, it moves faster because you're already making some of the connections so now he doesn't have to worry about that he can just say oh yeah and by the way this also connects to this and this and this and and, and this one connects here and you know, if you've done a puzzle and you get toward the end, you're going really, really fast. Yeah, you do. Is. And I think that it, our learning and things from the Lord is going to be kind of the same way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This group helps me so much. Just the 
path of what we're studying mm-hmm. is really helpful. I know, right? And like, I don't know, because like I'm facilitating the groups or whatever, but it's not like I'm trying to, to be like a teacher. But as I'm trying to put together the schedule for President Nelson and um, the School of the Prophets, as we're kind of working that way, right? And I tell you, like the Lord's just leading and guiding it. He's like, yes, and they're ready for this and this and this, and here's what how you do it kind of thing. And it, it's all about facilitating for me. I'm not trying to, I, I call them lesson plans, but it's not lesson plans. <laughs> but um, just trying to like put that, that forward and stuff. It's been very revelatory, very fun to, to see the Lord saying, okay, are you ready for a fire hose? Here it comes kind of thing. Cause as we, as we dive into <laughs> some of those, the, the process of going from Abraham to Isaiah decoded to triumph of Zion, then president Nelson school, of the prophets, like pff, it's actually a really powerhouse. Like we've been guided all along, even though like I threw it out as like a vote for people, you know, like, no, the, the Lord's been planning it all the way along. <laughs> it's, it's been awesome to kind of take a look back and see like holy cow this year has been awesome and it's going to get better in 2022 no it's going to just explode (laughs) absolutely it already is (laughs) it it really is going to explode Mm -hmm. i'm excited and like on page 206 and 207 where he is talking about the the verb tenses and how important they are right Mm -hmm. that's something like i've always known like i i i somewhat study verb tenses but like here as i was reading this it was like and you need to apply this to president nelson's talks when you study them like highlight all verb tenses don't miss it and i'm like oh that's gonna be awesome as he's talking mm-hmm. through the these past few years verb tenses are going to be key as we're studying that and anyway that was just one thing that that's taking and bridging these different semesters or books or whatever we're calling them um and how one is going to build off the other yeah i, I just love it I love those those verb tenses there that whole um topic of, of things that are things that shall and things that that will be like the the lord doesn't make mistakes when he's revealing those verbs right you know like they're written for a purpose because he's lining out a timeline and and as we're we're learning and growing i don't know how many of you have tried to do an actual timeline right of everything that's going to happen by day like day one it's going to be this day two is going to be this and it's it's impossible right and so as you're you're creating timelines the lord is lining out what the timeline should be you know like are have and shall like it's all there anyway that was an eye-opener to me as well yeah the reason that timelines are next to impossible is because they all overlap mm-hmm. yeah and time isn't you linear can't, in the yeah thing. well and some things may happen in one area of the world while something else is happening in another area of the world and you know depending on whose timeline uh, or whose thing that you're seeing they may see this part and not see that all this is happening here. And it doesn't mean that they have to go 
Oh, or it just could be the beginnings of that piece happening. Like an example would be when we can't go on water. Well, the first little thing happening now is, you know, don't go on cruise ships and stuff like that anymore. Mm -hmm. So it's probably just the, the very beginnings of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Again, we've been down this road. Learn. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's very interesting, like taking the context of any scripture and seeing what the Lord is prophesying about and like to whom. And it's kind of that same principle of a general audience versus a focused audience. You know, when when some prophets are speaking in some when prophets are speaking in general conference, it's going to be a different message than when they're speaking to an actual individual group. There might be different nuances or different things that they're pointing out and, and saying, you know, like when President Nelson is speaking to the, which one did he do? What did they call that? Like the Midwest or the Oklahoma? Just ones? Just, yeah, like whatever that was. I, anyway, that one or whatever. Like he has some very pointed advice and so did Wendy, right? Like this is what you do kind of thing and and it's a, a kind of a different message from general conference yet when he's talking to, to individuals he's giving very pointed advice to them as, as well um but taking the scriptures and going okay are these meant for the the whole last days or are they meant for a specific continent or, or whatever kind of thing uh, i think that that's awesome to to really put that into perspective as well it's good to remember um, that general authorities give general counsel to the general membership of the church. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. So true. Like a treasure hunt trying to figure it out. <laughs> well, and they can't, they can't give individual advice to any, to everybody, right? Yeah, and we're not a one size fits all anything. When is when has anything in this life been one size fits all? Yeah. <laughs> right? Um, I mean, we all have certain saving ordinances we have to do. That's the thing that everybody has to do. But outside of that, everything else is custom to our own experiences and our own life. And you know, for there are many people who want to to make every word that proceeded out of the prophet's mouth as this is the individual thing that has to be done for you individually. And yeah. that that's why he tells us to hear the Holy Ghost, because the Holy Ghost can give us our individual specific guidance for us and where we are, what we need, when we need it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I learned that on my mission in, in a very pointed way or whatever that it always stuck with me was a... I hesitated calling the mission president. I was just like, oh, he's totally going to say no. But like, I was like, there's this, this family that, that seem really ready, but they both work. And the only time we can visit them is at like two o'clock in the morning. And, and it's way across town. And, and it's Mexico. It's like very dangerous on the streets at night. Right. And I, I called the mission president and he's like, yeah, that's fine. Just go. And I'm like, really? <laughs> what is it says in the mission book no so i was like wondering and he's like no that's general advice for all the missionaries and because i was a, a mission secretary right before then and and so he rattled off a couple names or whatever of some disobedient missionaries and he's like so do you think that they could handle with just a, a free reign on on schedule or whatever no but you and your companion are and, and 
I mean, yes, you need to check in with me as your authority. It's kind of like checking in with the Holy Ghost for personal promptings. When there's an exception to the rule, you need to follow the Holy Ghost. You're checking mm -hmm. in with me. Go. Two o'clock in the morning. You'll be safe. Do it. And who caught us on the way home? The bishop of that ward and turned us in. <laughs> anyway. and, what the, and what did the mission president say? And yeah, I knew they were there. Like, yeah, I, they asked permission or whatever. You know, we we probably should have notified the the bishop or or maybe had a member go with them, but it was kind of late notice. Sorry, we'll we'll do better next time, kind of thing. <laughs> and what member wants to go at two in the morning? <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, really, really. Good. What was he doing up at two a.m. being the mission or the bishop? Well, he had like a, a late night custodial job or whatever. And it was just so ironic. I know. I'm I just mean, <laughs> because he thought we were pretty disobedient because we we had lots of exceptions to the rules in that area. But yeah, he just looked at us. Oh man! And then the mission president called us the next day, and they're like, "Yeah, your bishop kind of <laughs> went off a little." <laughs> Anyway, but if you back you up, right, then uh -huh. that shows exactly, um, that gives you that lesson that the Lord, when you are doing what he has told you to do, the Lord is going to back you up. He's not going to leave you hanging. Mm -hmm. The adversary would totally leave you hanging out yeah. there, right? But the Lord's not going to leave you hanging. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And, and that, that is, a, is a lesson in faith for you that's a type and a shadow for you in your life yeah because i've always stuck with that and it's like sometimes there's exceptions to the rule but you have to check in with the spirit and make sure that that's the exception that the lord needs you to follow and then you will have the promised protection that comes along with it right mm -hmm. anyway that's great there was something along that line that i was going to talk about well i forgot what it was well at the top of page 211 for the lord will go before you and the god of israel will be your rearward mm -hmm. right yeah he is not going to leave us out there stranded on our own he's not going to leave us floundering or um facing all these negative consequences from being obedient to him uh -huh. Blessings come when we are obedient. Yeah, exactly. So at the bottom of 211 and onto the top of 212, it says he will purify their bodies until they shall be quickened. This is in the Orson Pratt quote. Yeah, I'm doing that too. Right? And then at the top, um, astonishingly, Elder Pratt is describing a purification process it will render us worthy of making an unspecified offering in the temple. Yeah. What's the unspecified what offering? What is that? Yes. I was going to ask that too. <laughs> well, you'll find out when you get there. <laughs> well, you know, he says all temple goers know what those offerings are. We symbolically make them by way of covenant every time we attend. It's a I was hoping you guys had some ideas. <laughs> Which covenants do we make? What are the offerings that we make? Mm -hmm. And what and, do they mean? And again, I think that this is as 
as specific as it can get because it'll probably vary from person to person, right? I mean, everybody, I mean, we're all making the same uh, sacrifice of this or that, but it's going to look a little bit different. You know, some of us have to cut off Laban's head versus some of us have to do this. You know, <laughs> oh, no. The next paragraph says, does the fact that they will eventually make an offering in righteousness mean that our temple offerings at this time are lacking some element of righteousness? So, I mean, I think for that, that would be something for each one of us to stop and think of the next time we go to the temple. What, what lack I yet? Yeah. What, what element of righteousness am I missing? Exactly. Because yeah. <laughs> how many times am I, I go in and just going, oh yeah, I've got these all memorized or whatever. Like, but what does it really mean though? Because I, you know, I've had this discussion many times with people of do we live the law of consecration oh no you know that was the missouri saints or, or whatever and it's like no well if you look at our temple endowment where we're supposed to be so like what like what you said what lack i yet to actually do this to actually make the sacrifice of that in in my life to the extent that the lord needs it and and what does that look like in the element of righteousness there and it'll be different for each one of us mm -hmm. yeah. right depending on our own view and vantage point and our own life experiences. Some of us may have an easier time doing one aspect or another. So what is our, you know, we have to ask the Lord, what is it that I'm missing? Because, you know, somebody else, what somebody else is missing, you might go, oh, well, I don't have a problem with that. Isn't that the way it is with everything we have in life? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's a very interesting one. And then the next paragraph after that, until we make these offerings in such righteousness, oh wait, we cannot make these offerings in such righteousness as is required to bring forth the astronomical blessings of Zion. Oh, hold on, until we understand the added significance of translation in Zion. Mm -hmm. I did that, I read that that um sentence in reverse order but it still works <laughs> but yeah i mean that took me a while just to ponder what he was saying there it's like oh wow yeah because that added significance of translation like we've been talking about now it's everywhere if we really look for it mm -hmm. and and what is that um to make such offerings in to bring forth these astronomical blessings of zion I always go back to the Abraham book. I mean, that book was just like transformative for me. Um, the, the first 20 times I read it. <laughs> it's so good about how he went through finding out what the, the offerings were to be for his life and then offering them multiple times and um, receiving literal astronomical blessings. I, I love that. Cameron, mm -hmm. um, I just looked at the chat. Uh, Elle has a request for you. Sorry, I didn't have my chat open. I know, I hadn't looked at it either. Um, so can you explain the Moses veil before and after speaking to the people more? Um, yes. So um, as he's coming down um, the, the eighth time from the 
from, from speaking with the Lord or whatever, he has full glory and he doesn't put on his veil until after he speaks with the people, but he's speaking with the people because um, the first few times they, they have like differing degrees of descending the ladder. So at first on, is it the fourth time up? I can't give a reference. I, I don't right off the top of my head. Um, I could find it and, and go through it. But um, anyway, so on, on some of the times that he's uh, going through that, it's like right around Exodus 18 through 24-ish, I want to say. But I, I don't have that like right memorized. It's in my other notebook. <laughs> but um, anyway, the, the Israelites say, yes, we will follow the Lord in everything that he asks of us, right? And then the, Moses goes up again and uh, gets the the higher law brings it down smashes it goes and i mean it's just like this process and every time that he comes back down the israelites are another further peg down the rung and until like the we see aaron and and the the 70 rising and we see the israelites descending it, it's the full pattern of of creation and decreation and at the final time is when moses comes down full of glory and speaks with the Israelites for kind of their final warning and is, is telling them the full ramifications of their disobedience um, and saying, okay, now we have to go through this wilderness experience and everything. I just paid the price for you. I went up on the Mount and I said, take me out of the book of life, spare them. He entered into a Davidic covenant on their behalf and part of the Davidic covenant is telling the people that you're making it for what law to, to strive for. And then he lines out all of the, 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 the things or whatever. And so he, uh, the requirements or, or the law that they have to do. So if you will obey my voice, you won't be able to enter the promised land. Neither will I, but the the posterity will you know that's why we have to go through the whole 40 year period and stuff and then he veils himself as kind of like this it's almost like a death um a death as to the old self but i would venture to guess this is my own personal opinion based on what i've kind of been guessing when he actually veils himself is when he fulfills the the Davidic covenant and translates in, in that moment, not translates as in boom done, but he begins that and, and goes through the rest clear up until Mount Horeb um, uh, finishes. So it, it could take like hours to like flesh all that out and, and delineate it. But it, it, this whole eight visits up the, the ladder where some are getting created and some are getting decreated, uh, obedience, disobedience, and Davidic covenant. It it's a it's a big rabbit hole to to dive down. <laughs> but I just so always thought he was veiled because they couldn't stand the glory, mm -hmm. you know. And yeah, so I'm yeah, so I'm surprised you had said he was veiled, unveiled, and then that just sounds so opposite of what I've learned. Uh -huh. Yeah, that's it was opposite of what I had learned. I was like wait a minute he didn't veil himself until after and uh anyway well, how could they stand it and not you know like you can't see the lord unless you've been translated or whatever because you you know <laughs> you collapse because of the glory so how could the israelites stand moses's glory 
Mm-hmm. Because Moses didn't have the glory of a resurrected being. He didn't oh, have okay. the glory of the Lord. His his um, countenance shining is kind of like a reflected glory from the Lord. Okay. Kind of it like wasn't the moon complete and full. It's okay. like at night when you turn your light off on your bedside table and the dots or the numbers on your alarm clock are still glowing, but then they, uh-huh. they, uh, they fade after time. So that's it. in exodus 34 30 and when aaron and all the children of israel saw moses behold the skin of his face shone and they were afraid to come nigh him Mm -hmm. you know yeah Um, what have you been eating uh uh-huh yeah and that's on a previous that's not on the eighth one but that's on I think no. that that's the second or third, right? Yeah, I, I had I had gone through and written out Moses and the children of Israel, you know, from Exodus 19 all the way to 33 uh-huh. and written out the key things before, but I hadn't thought of counting, you know, first time, second time, third time. So I need to go back and look at that. The mm. number of times he goes up as moving up the ladder yeah. So what you're saying is Mo- Moses was an avid hiker. <laughs> yep. Run up, down, up, down. <laughs> um, so this is the, I'm putting in a link in the chat. This is a springboard. I don't think that this is all of it, but this was um, some random Google search that I got. And it was like, how many times did Moses ascend Mount Sinai? And it, it was the one that like led me in and at least clued me into that there was more than one time and uh, led me down that rabbit hole. Anyway, that's a, it's a pretty good article that, that kind of springboards off of that. But um, taking a look at Moses and the burning bush, because that was, I think what somewhat triggered all this was like, okay, what is Moses and the burning bush? Is it one of the trips up Mount Sinai or is it a different one or what? And so I just had to unpack it. And then I started reading all of Exodus just front to back. And I was like, holy cow, the Charlton Heston movie is not accurate. <laughs> I have been lied to. Right. <laughs> there was a post today on Facebook about it was from maybe one of the Isaiah sites about the burning bush. And all these people were up on top of the mountain and there's a certain time of the day it looks like that the sun shines against the mountain and it looks it did it looked like a burning bush there were some pictures of it uh-huh. try to find it so i can give you guys yeah, a link awesome. to it and i was like oh that is so interesting yeah because it's interesting with the whole uh, burning bush story um that moses was never allowed to see his front side only his backside he couldn't see his full glory only his backside glory which that one like threw me for a loop and like trying to take that in consideration with a later ascent up the mountain where he comes down with glory and then veils his face like all these things are are very interesting but if you um take a look through the entire book of moses so pearl of great price moses i haven't done it with exodus but pearl of great price moses if you substitute glory for token meaning like a token of temple or, or, or of uh, ascension, um, it fits every single time and it helps delineate and unpack things for you. Um, anyway, that, that was a, a side rabbit hole if you want to go down on that one too. 
He's good rabbit holes. <laughs> yeah, I, I just love that. <laughs> There's so many good study points in here. Um, what was that one mother that? There, uh, Cameron, I bet it's really hard to cut your grass. Oh man, it... <laughs> you've seen my yard, you'd see how true that is. <laughs> so, um, in the book, in the section, the final scene, um, the point that every time God has brought forth Zion in any degree, the armies of evil have combined against it. Um, you know, this is the pattern. Get ready, people. <laughs> Absolutely ready, right? And and I think you know, and he gives all the all the different e examples. I think we really have that pattern coming, and the the prophet is doing everything he can to prepare the people so that they will be able to withstand this yeah. or to endure it. And if you even, if you look at the things that the church is pushing out to the members, right, everything from the um, emotional resilience, self-reliance program, to all the videos about how to deal with death and how to, you know, deal with, the, you know, all these kinds of things. And, um, you know, there's just been so much, you know, there's the uh, George Albert Smith had the prophecy where he says they're going to die like flies, right? Mm -hmm. If you haven't heard that one, look that one up. I have. I looked at that one the other day. I'm like, <laughs> they're going to okay, die like flies. <laughs> and and I'm, we're really, I think we're starting to see that. There were all these things going on. Um, you know, how many of us have had how many deaths in our wards or massive health things lately or, or things along or just the random way. things like on younger people too yeah. yeah and and you know what you know the end is near because betty white died yep. <laughs> you know what's interesting what you might got to make sure you recognize now is now all the forces of the dark are fighting amongst themselves yeah they're they're all trying to determine on who's batter or whatever but when there comes a day when they all do unite that might be something to take very good notice of yeah you're doing it now <laughs> and on that list if you take time to count that out it's interesting because there's six of them and the, the seventh one is you know the what we're going into now in the latter days and oh, yeah. the number seven is always complete yes there are six listed adam enoch melchizedek christ the nephites and joseph smith that's pretty cool that's a good observation that is you know and what is what has president nelson been asking us to research the last few years right the covenants made to Israel, the oath and covenant of the priesthood, you know, gaining personal revelation. If you, if we go and, and we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about all of those as we go through his talks, right? But all of the things that he's asked us to do, if we actually do those and we're not lazy learners and lax disciples, 
they are there to prepare us mm -hmm. so that we'll be ready for this. Mm. You know, and, and on 215, the promise of the oath and covenant of the priesthood is a call to glory. <laughs> I love that. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> wow. A call to glory. Nancy? Yeah. What was the stuff you said the church should put stuff out about death? I haven't heard anything about that. I heard about the emotional resilience because I've taken the class, but what stuff have they? Oh, they have articles on the church website. There's mm -hmm. articles in the Liahona. There are YouTube videos. Recent? They're all recent? Oh, mm -hmm. like within the last six months. Really? I haven't seen any of them. It's interesting. I must yeah. not be looking in the right one place. Article, or one magazine that was pretty much, that's all it was. Yeah. Oh, of the Liahona? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. I forget to read that. I end up reading conference talks and scriptures and come follow me. I'm I the just same forget. way. <laughs> I always forget about the magazine. There's, always. There's some nuggets in there always, especially when President Nelson's in there. Mm -hmm. oh i'll have to start yeah. looking more i just haven't been paying attention to that i forget about it because i don't have the physical copy i just have the digital copy so it's like i forget about it mm -hmm. <laughs> well in the august the august 2021 liahona had christ in a red robe on the cover yeah here i think mm -hmm. i might have it right here with me like hello mm -hmm. bam preparing to meet the lord <laughs> can they be more clear i know it's yeah. like wake up people i know right right september yeah. talking about help from the other side of the veil talking about those ministering angels right? right you know blessings of the priesthood covenants ordinances and blessings those kinds of things right they're, yeah. they're just they're there. And yes, I know we're, we, the get time. So, we get so caught up in all the things that we're studying that sometimes we don't see realize. All the things. Yeah. Yeah. We don't see all the things. Yeah. And, like and on page. Things, Go for it. A lot of the things that are in there are very basic. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, and that's one of the things that first struck me when I was when I was studying the January 2022 Liahona over here is I when I started to read it I was like wow this is some really basic stuff but then if you look and you stick with it then you get those little nuggets and they are just little nuggets they're like breadcrumbs dropped by Hansel and Gretel <laughs> right to lead you home and if you don't catch those you're going to get the the basic milk formula that most people are ready for mm -hmm. yeah um one thing that kind of stood out to me um was on 213 in elder pratt's quote there um when the the angels are holding off the other, well, the angel is holding off the other angels and they say, how long until the servants of God are sealed in their foreheads for what to prepare them to stand forth in the midst of the desolations and plagues not be overcome 
when they are prepared, when they have received a renewal of their bodies in the Lord's temple. And I found it so intriguing when um, President Oaks gives this quote at the, the temple dedication, just barely, that the Nauvoo temple strengthened the saints before they had the adversity of crossing the plains and going through what they went through through the pioneer period. The building of multiple temples throughout the world is likely, I mean, is I mean, likely to be serving the same purpose to prepare the covenant children of the Lord with the strength they need to face what is ahead. Uh, I saw that the other day. It's like, oh, yes, you can't get, you can't get any plainer than that. If you, like, if, like President Nelson said, the the safest place to be will be in the temple, right? I mean, that's where you get the power and protection, even the, the renewal of the bodies in order to withstand some of the stuff that's coming. And looking at how those pioneers were in that Nauvoo temple, like night and day getting ready to, to come west, right? I mean, they were making huge sacrifices of time and effort into doing that because it's so important to withstand. The, the tribulation yeah they went into the temple so that the temple would go into them mm -hmm. and that is what sustained them yeah become sanctified yeah well, and president nelson has told us right go to the temple we have all these things they've opened it back up even with restrictions and things for people to go to the temple and i am just uh, i hate masks as much as the next person right mm -hmm. but i am just so saddened by these people who refuse well i refuse to go to the temple as long as they're going to require a mask and all they're doing is hurting themselves and it's that hardness of heart that they have that's going to keep them from getting this mm -hmm. and um you know you you said renewal of their bodies in the lord's temple and it goes on and have been filled with the holy ghost and purified as gold and silver in a furnace of fire what where are we going to get this furnace of fire <laughs> yep. it's coming those unspecified <laughs> temple offerings right <laughs> yeah yeah so you know if you remember president nelson a couple of years ago he talked to the people in samoa and he mm -hmm. told them if you are not being persecuted every day you're not doing enough to live the gospel mm -hmm. right? something along those lines are we ready for persecution every day yeah and it's to. interesting that people use that and they're like, oh, well, I don't, uh, you know, feel that or whatever. I just have a blessed life. And I'm like, no, <laughs> you missed the whole point of the quote. <laughs> like, it's literally saying you're doing, you're not doing enough. You're, you're the all is well in Zion crowd if you're not being persecuted daily, right? If you and have I, a blessed life, then the forces of evil are not combined against you because no. they don't see you as a threat. Yeah. Right. <laughs> not a threat. <laughs> Pass on by. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it's a pretty pointed subject for lots of people. It's a, a thorn in the side, but like, seriously. Mm -hmm. Welcome to the Brotherhood of Suffering. You, we, if you want to be on the Lord's errand, you're entitled to his help, but you're also going to have to go through a refiner's fire, like you said there in that, that quote, gold and silver in the furnace of fire. Well, what page is that on? Um, 213. 13. Okay, I haven't gotten there yet. Yeah. But yeah, that's exactly what I was reading. I shared in the first group. 
Mm -hmm. and and I'll read more of the quote. It says, so guard against the satanic whisperings that if you are a better person, you will avoid such trials. It says, they are they which uh, have come out of the great tribulation, have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the lamb. Brothers and sisters, suffering in righteousness helps qualify you for rather than distinguishes you from God's elect. We can't we can escape the deserving agonies of our mortal failings and overcome the undeserved agonies of our mortal misfortunes. Under his direction, your divine destiny will be one of unparalleled magnificent and indescribable joy. A joy so intense and so unique to you, your particular ashes will become beauties beyond anything earthly. And so it's the elect or the ones that are going to end up going through all these who overcome all of it. And I, I haven't gotten that far in the book, but I'm going to right in the margin that talk because it goes right along with it yeah for sure you know some of that persecution may come from our own families it will for sure and um you know i've been for the last year and a half or whatever i've been reading all sorts of things that people have been saying about you know well my daughter or my kid or my family won't let us come and see you know whatever Mm -hmm. Um, because we haven't gotten this or we haven't done that or we won't wear this or we won't do that. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Right, I do. And all, for the longest time, I just felt like, boy, I'm glad that I don't have that in my family. And then in the last two months, almost every one of my kids individually called me to take me to task to give me a hard time or send a message. And, and they, they said they wanted to talk to me. It was more of talking at me yeah. for anywhere from one to three hours each. Um, and, and it was just devastating how it was tearing our family apart. Yeah. And um, I, I was like, wait a minute. You know, <laughs> so I was talking, I was talking to Scott. I was like, okay, there must be something absolutely incredible coming because the adversary is working overtime to totally tear apart our family. Yeah. And, and so, you know, the Lord told him, you know, tell the kids we have an announcement. He announced that we were doing an announce something at a family chat today. <laughs> and I'm like, announce what? <laughs> but, you know, it's fast Sunday. So we, what did we fast for? We fasted for unity in our family. And, you know, to know what to tell them and to have unity in our family. And then you turn it over to the Lord, right? You don't try to, we ended up, you know, we didn't make a list of what we wanted to talk about or cover or anything like that. I was like, okay, Lord, this was your idea. What are you going to have us do? And it was just so incredible how the Lord came through and how he softened the hearts of each one of our kids that when we told them where we were coming from and what our stance was, all of a sudden, okay, it's not a big deal. What? Not a big deal. All right. Whatever. <laughs> and we had such a wonderful chat. It went more than an hour. Nobody wanted to leave. Mm-hmm. That's it great. Was so, it was so nice. And, you know, one kid came in late and he missed the beginning stuff and he actually called to so what was this chat about? And we got to talk to him individually. And he was the one most recently, I, you know, I'm pretty sure they have a kid chat where they, you know, took turns as to who was going to 
You take uh, Monday, I'll take Tuesday. We'll <laughs> divide this well, out. We'll break it, was spread out. Out. it was spread out over a couple of months, right? Um, but we finally got a chance to actually present. Here's where we are and we're united. We're here as a team. You know, don't call one or the other. We're here together and here's what we're doing. And, and we were showing them unity, mm -hmm. unity in the Lord, right? Yeah. And and it was so incredible to see what the Lord did when we asked for his help. He came through with flying colors as he always does, you know, and, and so it's, it's that same thing. We see that. Um, and, and the last line of this chapter says we will do our part in bringing forth Zion by becoming Zion in the privacy of our own quest. Yeah exactly that if if we are trying to get unity with our spouse with our family and our community individually we are striving for our own zion right here we'll be ready whenever we're asked to make it somewhere else mm -hmm. yeah i i agree totally it's amazing because it's it's that principle of like sacrifice right you just sacrificed fasted on behalf and and the lord comes through mm -hmm. uh, but but it, it takes um it takes some disunity in order to create unity right like it, that couldn't have just happened it, it just it has a decent and then you you put in some effort and then there's there's the blessings that, that can come i love that example and, and i'm hoping that there will be further ascent yeah. right <laughs> further further movement as you're hoping you're all descended yeah it's <laughs> like, over we're just on our way up well you know the kid who basically told me don't come to my house unless you're willing to wear a mask <coughs> or or you're willing to wear a mask everywhere you go because i don't want you to get me sick yeah now around and said just be aware of the situation and and we still want you you know whatever and it it totally softened his heart because he was he was fairly hard-hearted about it when he talked to me on thursday mm -hmm. and and his heart was so much softer today but that's one of the things we asked the lord for right yeah wait till polygamy comes in you guys <laughs> I wasn't expecting that one. You can't just pop that one out. <laughs> She's like, wait till polygamy comes back. <laughs> yeah. Maybe they were expecting that kind of announcement, right? <laughs> oh, we're heading to mom. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> That's going to be a rough time. It's going to be really rough for so many. It depends on who's actually asked to do it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, that one caught me by surprise. Sorry. <laughs> well, it's I'm I'm getting prepared, y'all. Yep. <laughs> I like to think ahead about okay, what's coming at me, so I'm ready. Yeah. Because I want to know, so I'm ready. I don't want to be surprised and caught off guard without the what I need. Well, you know, one of the things that I found about the Lord. He knows each one of us and knows how we learn and what we need. And if we're the kind of person that doesn't like surprises, 
and and really wants to understand stuff and doesn't want to have it sprung on us, he'll provide you the learning opportunities leading up to it. Mm -hmm. The he'll provide you the things you have to put forth the effort still to mm -hmm. research, to read, to do whatever, but he will he will provide you those opportunities so it's not as big of a shock. Oh yeah. For whatever topic. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because he knows each one of us and knows how we learn. He knows that how, he knows how I learn and gives me information the way that I need to see it. And he knows how Scott learns, which is different. You know, it's so cool in our like in Moses, like the very first chapter, we're, we're learning cast out the devil. And <laughs> when yeah. you're feeling really low, I can't remember the scripture exactly, you know pray and just the basics just the basics of how to I just love how it, I don't know what I was reading it was just like very timely you know mm -hmm. yeah well you know we're taught in the temple too mm -hmm. I was surprised in our Sunday school we actually had a great discussion on that and I was like whoa I never would have expected <laughs> that out of your mouth or your mouth or your mouth but it <laughs> everybody's experiencing it like they're they're all learning and growing at their own speed and pace and stuff well amy who is sometimes on here who lives in missouri now is is back in town and she was in our sunday school class yeah. <laughs> so Fun. She brought it up today she brought it up today and the way she brought it up was so good and one of the things that she said was when when we get to the judgment bar i don't think christ is ever going to say to you to us well, you used my name too many times to cast out Satan. No, we won't do that one. <laughs> right? Right. I mean, but how many people go, oh, well, that's, I, I shouldn't do it that often. I shouldn't be asking this often or whatever. That's the minions in your head trying to get you to let them stay. Yeah. You know? um, but when we stop and think about it from that, it, the Lord is never going to take us to task for casting away evil. Mm -mm. <laughs> never yeah. but how many people be like why didn't you do it more <laughs> how many people think that in their head it's that 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 cultural um false belief that people have mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so that was a great point i hope i hope many many people we had a full class today so hopefully they took awesome. that you know took that to heart yeah um, All right. Well, anything else from, from chapter nine that you want to discuss or just in general before we close out for the night? Sorry. I, when we get back and talking, I kind of forget to look at the time. Oh my goodness. Yeah. But we hit all of my highlights. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell I haven't talked to you guys in a couple of weeks. Oh, <laughs> so we should have just met anyway. Huh? Yep. <laughs> yep, exactly. I've missed everybody. I do. Yeah. I just want to warn you guys, there's a huge storm here in Oregon. Like, I think my yeah. house is about to blow away. So y'all get ready. Come and <laughs> <Yeah>. eat. <laughs> it's going to rain four inches here in the week. Holy cow. I know. Which means when yeah. it hits the temperatures we have, we'll get it as snow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, this is a warm, warm wind. It's like in the 50s now. So. Yeah. But here it comes again, and it's like it's blowing crap all over. 
Yeah. <laughs> <Not> my crap. <laughs> the neighbor's stuff is blown over. <laughs> Wizard of Oz and yeah. there's chickens flying. There's Toto. Go pick my head out. <laughs> well, if you look at all the things that have been happening around the world, yeah. You know, Kentucky, well, Bowling Green, Kentucky got hit with yet another tornado. Oh, wow. Oh. I did? Yeah. That Colorado stuff was unbelievable. Yeah. And then Louisville, Colorado got wiped out with the by wildfire and 100 mile an hour winds. And now they have snow, I heard, like a, like six or seven inches of snow on top of it. Oh, wow. Well, that picked out all the rest of the fires. <laughs> I guess but it's amazing. It's just one thing. Kind of one of the things that that happens when it rains right after a big fire is it contaminates the groundwater and it uh, causes a whole bunch of other things having to do with all the ash and the not the natural wood ash and stuff, but all of the the appliances and all the chemicals and stuff made in uh, consumer products that gets washed into the into the ground there's going to be a lot of problems that, that will coincide with that as well hmm. i hadn't even considered that i didn't either we all stay safe you know? <laughs> yeah stay safe and warm <laughs> you know. i'm cozy <laughs> all right well we will see everyone next week the revised triumph of zion schedule we're breaking chapter 10 into five pieces so um what was let's see it is pages 218 through 239 for next okay. week okay but yeah we'll see everyone next week have a great week y'all have a good week yeah. see ya